Welcome back to Thy Kingdom Pod, a podcast about living in the unfinished mission of Jesus. We are so glad you're tuning in. A few weeks ago, the United States had an exchange of power in the highest office in the land. And as you probably know, it didn't go off without a hitch. In the midst of all that's been happening, there has been an uncomfortable conversation within the church about how political power has become so important to us, even to the point where we will neglect the true attributes of what God's kingdom should aspire to be. To talk about this in more detail, here are Sarah, Jonathan, Sonia, and Jim. Hey everyone, welcome back to That Kingdom Pod. Today we're going to be talking about power and how it relates to the kingdom of God um, and to kind of help steer our conversation. I'm actually going to toss it over to Sarah. Yeah, thanks. So this thought just came to my mind this past month, really throughout the election period, as we are looking at a transition of power, I've felt so much peace from uh, thinking about the kingdom and the fact that there's not any transition of power there, right? And so the things that are most important to me are steady, you know, so that has given me like quite a bit of peace, but even in the midst of what's going on right now in our country, um, at the time we're recording this, uh, Joe Biden has become president and he's signing all kinds of executive orders. And I've just been thinking a lot about transition of power and why that gives us so much anxiety. And I think what we're seeing right now is why, because when you transition power, at least in the States, you transition agendas as well. Um, it's not just the power that transitions, but it's the agenda and um, what that power is being used for. And so I've just been thinking quite a bit about not only does in the kingdom does there not need to be any transition of power, our God does not change, but also what that power is used for never changes and how much peace that gives. And so, I don't know, I just want to hear from you guys if you think there's anything to that um, anxiety coming from the shifts in agendas as much as the shift in power. Not saying that any of those agendas are right or wrong. I mean, like, that's not even what we're talking about here, because as far as we're concerned, it's uh, the kingdom is steady and that is good. Um, But just the anxiety that comes from change. Yeah, I think that's, that's an interesting observation. I never thought about that before the idea of, of, uh, of the transition being what some of the anxiety produces. Um, yeah, I do think that, I, I think that part of the problem we run to, at least among believers in, in our country is we do put so much stake in the political power. And so it does create that anxiety because there's a sense of, it's almost like God's will is being thwarted if the wrong people come into power. And, uh, and so that makes those transitions all the harder because we, it's almost like we've, we, we've put God's power as being subservient to the power of the state or the power of the president, whatever. And so that certainly would create a lot more anxiety whenever we think the wrong person is now calling the shots. Well, I think that's good, Jim. I think when, I think a good litmus test for us is if we are experiencing um, a great deal of anxiety um, in the midst of transition of power, it really tells us where our allegiance is. Hmm. Which where kingdom? Our hope is. Exactly. Which kingdom we're really a part of because where we put our hope um, 
oftentimes is where we put our trust and that assigns us to a particular kingdom. And so I think that's a great litmus test. Yeah, I think you're putting, this kind of explains this frustration I've had with, with, with believers who do exactly what you're talking about. Um, put too much stock and stuff and it shows where their trust is. And if, and if I'm, you know, if the person who's doing it as a believer, I'm sitting there going, I mean, I understand having an opinion. I understand voting for one or the other, but like, where is all this stress and anxiety coming from? I thought you believed in Jesus and I thought that meant something. And that sounds kind of judgy, but I don't know. And I, and when I say that I'm talking about both for people who who believe political systems should shift and change and progress, but also for people who want to hold on and cling to the past. Um, I'm thinking of both groups of people. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think, and, and one thing I'd want to stress at this point is, is what we're talking about is anxiety and hope. We're not talking about passion and, you know, people, people can be passionate they can work hard for a, a, a political system or for leaders they think are, are going to best serve our nation nothing we're not talking about that at all about have that kind of passion but when there's this anxiety like all is lost um i saw this four years ago among many believers when the uh when uh, president trump was elected i'm seeing it now among usually a different set of believers i'm not usually seeing people in the same group um but i'd i i want to distinguish between those who feel like oh my gosh this is a bad turn for our country as opposed to those who are like all is lost you know what are we going to do now? The apocalypse is upon us. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's, it's not a indifferent, well, the Lord is in control. So therefore don't, you shouldn't care. That's not what we're talking about, but we're talking about right. this, this deep sense of hopelessness and lostness hmm. that happens when my people aren't in power. And that that's the concern. And even I've been thinking just about like the demanding of power. And I've been mm-hmm. thinking a little bit about, Peter and Jesus as they were confronted in the garden and they were coming to arrest Jesus. And mm. I believe it was Peter. I could be quoting that wrong, but it seems like the kind of guy who would take out a sword and cut off the guy's ear. And Jesus is like, well, this isn't actually how we're going to do it. Um, <laughs> and he heals the guy's ear in the midst of, and that was certainly a power play kind of moment, right? Like, mm-hmm. and I think Jesus said a lot in that moment about, power in the kingdom and particularly power um when power in the kingdom is met against power in this world um and i just think he he did a neat thing in blessing and healing the the soldier in the midst of that that confrontation and even teaching you know peter this isn't how we're going to do it uh in the kingdom there was just no anxiety, you know, that Peter's like, no, this isn't how it's going to go down. Like you said, that hope and that fear, the anxiety, all is lost. If they mm-hmm. arrest my Jesus, all is lost. Um, not having a bigger picture in mind of what Jesus was doing. Mm-hmm. That's good. So it's, it's fair. And based on what you guys are saying, I have kind of a question. Um, so while it's not okay to say what I'm about to say as an excuse for indifference, is it fair to say that um, within the kingdom of God, he's going to advance it regardless of who our world leaders are? Is that fair to say? 
I think so. I mean, we've seen that historically. We see that in the, the biblical record that God is going to have his way. And you're right. It doesn't mean indifference. Um, the prophets are pretty clear on that. Indifference is not okay. Um, but it does mean that God is God is sovereign and that God is going to have his way, but he, and he expects us to be a part of it. So I think it's more a matter of, it's not a matter of, of disengagement, but it's a matter of perspective mm-hmm. that he's, that he's getting at. Um, right, right, right. I, I hear you. And I, I think that one of the, the concerns, that's why I think it's such an important topic is that in the, the attack on the Capitol um, three weeks ago, um, one of the concerns I have is, you know, we, we decry violence of all forms, no question. Um, we don't do that selectively. But we have to, as believers in Jesus, we have to acknowledge that a lot of the symbolism that was on blatant display in that was Christian symbolism. Some of the language that some of the people that were using to justify was was salted with Christianese, I would say. And I think that that concerned me deeply as a person of faith. That concerned me deeply that that somehow the idea that that we will use violence and justify that violence by our faith, that's why this is an important topic. Is is that how believers in Jesus take power? That to me that's Peter with the sword whacking off the ear. Yep. Um, exactly. is what we saw in the yeah. Capitol. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So in Acts, there's a place in Acts 4 where there's a prayer meeting and the room where they're in is shaken. But in that prayer, they say, like, they talk about God using the power of the authorities to have Jesus crucified. It's just such an interesting, like, passage talking about power that is bringing in the kingdom. It is power used by government authorities uh, to actually bring about the kingdom when they didn't even realize it. That is certainly not what they were trying to do. Um, But it was just so fascinating to read that in light of everything that's happening right now and say, someone doesn't have to be saying that they're working for the kingdom in order to be bringing about kingdom good. And, um, And in Jesus's own crucifixion, he showed that power in the kingdom is wielded through self-giving love and not right. through a sword. Mm-hmm. And um, so that is, I think, I guess just the beautiful paradox of the kingdom and power and what makes it stand out so significantly from our understanding of power now. Power now is understood in terms of force. Mm-hmm. Um, but what has always changed the world, because power is actually like from a scientific kind of vibe, like you go down to the formulas is it's enough force to make change, you know, like can, can it move, how much power is required to move an object, you know, like to, to affect change. Love is always more powerful than force in affecting change. Mm. We can make our kids obey by force. But it's short-lived. Um, loving kids is what changes kids. Um, loving people, kids are kids are just many humans. Loving humans is what affects change far more than force. Um, anyway, so just been thinking about that, and I'm thinking a little bit about the self-giving piece of it because I think what we fear when we fear these agendas, it's not necessarily we fear what is being done being bad, but we fear how it's going to affect our, us. 
So in looking out for the good of someone else, will we lose out in that process? And what does that mean? Do we fight for that? Um, do we push by force to make sure that we're taken care of? There's, I think a lot about that and how power is used in the kingdom. So I had kind of a thought that I think connected um, and I want to run it by you guys. Um, so see if you can track with me. So when you meet another person and you have a knowledge or awareness or an experience that the other person doesn't, you have over them a sort of power. Does that make sense? They, they are believing something that you know 100% that's not true or they're believing in a way that like if only you knew xyz or if only you had this experience and i've and i've seen online especially like our culture our american culture teaches people hey you exert that over them and you let them know and you call them out in a way isn't that like exerting power over them but the kingdom of god would have us express ourselves in selfless love towards them as we kind of invite them into this knowledge or awareness. Hmm. Am I off base? How does that track? No, I think that connects to something we talked about before about the call out culture and it really being about the approach, your attitude and your posture. Um, Cause in truth, power can be used by force or by love. Um, you really do have that choice. Um, you can force things to happen. Um, and that is a form of power that is true and real. And that's kind of what you're doing when you're saying like, I know these things and you should listen to me. Um, but the power by love is the invitation that you're talking about, that posture of truly loving the other person and inviting them in. It yeah, requires it, that we not care that we're right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm. It just It just looks altogether different. Like this, you're, you know, in the end, it's, you're hoping for the same result. You want to invite them into what you know, or what your experience is, you know, what your experience is with, for example, Jesus. Um, but at the same time in that process, even if you're speaking with another believer in that process of inviting them in, you're, you're because of that posture, I think that you're open to something that, Hey, maybe you missed and they're going to communicate back to you. And you miss no, that if you come in exerting, putting, <clears throat> pressing your thumb down on them, you don't get that. I think that's the key. It's that it's that we talked about in a previous episode that that posture of humility. That even if I do have more experience, more knowledge, or whatever, that I I kind of submit that to the relationship, and I I come with a posture of humility, recognizing that I'm not all knowing. Um, I just turned 61 a couple of days ago. I'm still not all knowing, believe it or not, Jonathan. <laughs> so, uh, you need a, you need a, what, another decade to hit that? Something like that. Another week or two should do it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> There's another um, picture that um, was shared. I, I think it's one of my friends shared. I can't remember where I got it from. I, I love the, the picture that I think speaks also to how we view power and, and, and going back to the biblical record. And that is contrasting uh, Herod to the Magi. I'm somebody pointing this out because that capital um, incursion was on January 6th, which was Epiphany. Mm -hmm. And so it was kind of a, a wow, poignant picture. 
mm. of, of the contrast. And I'd never thought about contrasting the Magi with Herod, but Herod, who was the official ruler of the people of faith. I mean, he was the king of, of the Jewish nation. Um, yet he was a man of violence. He was a man who absolutely did not understand the kingdom. And, and as you said, Jonathan, he had real power and, and there was consequences. I mean, people, um, a whole generation of, of infants died out of his lust for power, his, his using violence to, to get, to, to hold his power. And yet the, the seekers, the people who are looking for truth were actually outside of that community, that they were, they were outsiders who came in, who were submitting themselves, all knowing people submitting themselves to seek the truth of the kingdom. And they found it in the form of the baby. And I thought, what a, what an amazing contrast between what kingdom power looks like and what world power looks like. And sometimes mm. just because somebody has the trappings of religious position or religious faith does not mean they're necessarily reflecting the kingdom use of power. Mm. That's good. I never, I never heard it put that way. Go ahead, Sonia. Sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's, it's interesting as we're having this conversation. Um, I'm thinking about how, Oftentimes, people ascribe power to force and what they can see. But many times, power comes out of what we can't see. Um, I love this quote, and I'd love to, to hear your responses on this. Um, mm. Tony Evans made this quote in one of his teachings. He said, if all you see is what you see, you will never see all there is to be seen. <laughs> That's good. Love it. Yeah, that's mind bending, but I think I followed. <laughs> Say it again, just for safety. All right. If all you see is what you see, you will never see all there is to be seen. That's okay. Good. I think I'm tracking. I think I'm tracking. <laughs> I had to hear it twice. Some of us are not quite as all doing as we'd like to be. <laughs> I think, again, another day we just celebrated was the, uh, um, uh, the Martin Luther King Day. And you think of someone who demonstrated. A, a way of power mm. um, in the face of horrible violence. But I mean, this wasn't a matter of of a of a costless nonviolence. Mm -hmm. It was a high cost where the violence was initiated by the other side. It wasn't even. I'm not going to take power, but already the violence was being was being um, perpetrated for centuries, literally. Mm -hmm. And yet the power of of uh, commitment to nonviolence and the cost of that commitment. Like we have to not be naive about the cost of it but that's a, a again just an incredible picture of the power of uh of a different way of 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 looking at power dynamics and looking at change that's really glad you brought that up that's that's a great example of what we're talking about and i know at the time even among those who were sympathetic to the cause the civil rights were not there was not unanimity around king's approach oh um, yeah Right. Uh, right now, we all look back. Somebody pointed out that we're all quoting King and talking about King, all these these glowing things, which is appropriate because he is a hero of our nation. But at the time, um, he was not well liked among many people of both majority culture and minority culture uh, because of his his methods did not line up with what was expected. Yeah. There was a. Uh our mascot of this podcast sometimes feels like John Tyson, the pastor of New York, but just yesterday he tweeted something. It kind of touches on 
what you were saying, what that story you told or the, that you reminded us of in scripture about Herod and the Magi. Um, but he said, my wife always asks me whenever I meet someone widely recognized as a Christian leader or read something by a Christian author that moves me, she asks, yes, but are they godly and kind? questions to reflect on to reflect on about people's interactions with us and that Mm -hmm. that kind of goes with what you're talking about like you have these people who are who can write an awesome book preach an awesome sermon and you know the christian celebrity they're famous but how are like what are they like are they godly are they kind are they do they love in a selfless way are they harsh are they gentle like, and that stuff, that's stuff that a lot of times people don't notice or want to notice, you know? Yeah, I, th- I think you're, I think all this kind of builds to the same thing as the, the world's view of what power looks like is so different from the kingdom view. And the fact is, as believers, we're products of our culture. And so we are going to be very tempted and we'll default actually to the world's understanding of power, what it looks like. Um, you think about John the Baptist himself, that he was, even John the Baptist, as incredible as he was, was a little bit confused by the life of Jesus, all the way to the point that he asked the disciples, should we expect somebody different? Is this really, is this really the one um, that's, that's to be the Messiah, or should we look for somebody else? And then, of course, Jesus answers by quoting scripture. That, that basically confirms for John, but it's, it just looks different. So I think we all have a culturally inherited view of what power looks like, and it's usually dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes if we're not careful, we'll do some theological gymnastics to try to force scripture into our understanding of power. And I have seen a little bit of that um, in our country. Mm. Yeah, just a little. <laughs> I love that what Jesus quoted was the agenda of the kingdom. Right. He said, do you see it? Is the kingdom coming? And it's like, yeah, well, of course, yes. Um, the blind are seeing and the lame are healed uh, from Isaiah 62, I think, right? Um, so that agenda of the kingdom is really, truly the thing that matters, right? And the power of the right. kingdom is always by way of self-giving love that piece is the piece that we miss and we just don't understand. Yeah. And um, that way is so foreign to really humanity. We can say our culture, but truthfully, like we're yes. talking about John the Baptist, right? Like that's a different culture than ours. It's so foreign to humanity mm-hmm. as a whole mm-hmm. that self-giving love would be the power that brings about the kingdom, the agenda of the kingdom. Yeah. But for believers to realize that the agenda of the kingdom is what unites us together and that there is, um, it'll be tailored to each culture, but there is a particular way that that comes about. And it is through self-giving love um, that that has to be a part of the way of bringing about the kingdom. And I know that's so, that's so confusing to those who are not a part of the kingdom. Um, even all the way back when we look at, at Jesus, when he stood before Pilate and Pilate kept asking him, are you a king? Yeah. Are you a king? And Jesus' response was, my kingdom is not of this world, because if it were, my servants would fight mm. to prevent you from yeah. arresting me. And so even then, 
Um, he was going out still helping us to reframe what the kingdom is really all about. Mm, that's good. But, but see, if your understanding of power is totally affected by culture, then at that time, power meant kicking Roman butt. And Jesus wasn't <laughs> right. doing that. Well, today, power exactly. means my man or woman is in the presidency. Mm-hmm. And so that that defines what power means. And I think so. I got another story for you. This this goes back to Kazakhstan, but uh, where we served as as cross-cultural workers for some years. And we were having a discussion about leadership, um, about pastoral leadership with some of the local um, folks. Well, of course, you think about this culture and their models of leadership, um, Yozo Stalin, Brezhnev, um, some pretty, pretty harsh leadership <laughs> understandings there. And so we were talking about how the, the pastor is like a shepherd with his sheep. And so we're kind of thinking we've got this beautiful biblical analogy of what, what leadership, what power looks like. One of the guys says, yes, but sometimes you have to beat your sheep into submission. Oh, my. Well, I thought, <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I promise I didn't laugh. I was like, all right. Yeah. How, what do I do with that? My, my, my point there is that, is it that that understanding of power, that understanding of leadership is so deep culturally mm-hmm. that even reading a scripture about the good shepherd, immediately it's, it's, it's twisted around to reinforce that cultural understanding. Mm. And so the challenge to me is, while that is humorous from my perspective, the challenge for me is what are the understandings of power? What are the understandings of leadership that I have gotten so deep that I will twist scriptures to match mm-hmm. that rather mm. than let the scriptures inform it? Yeah, that's mm. good. What are some really practical things that everyday people can do when, when they're either confronting their own anxiety regarding you know, whatever's happening in our nation on the grand political stage, or they're interacting with people who are just incredibly devastated um, or honestly incredibly over the moon that their person <laughs> is in office. Awkward silence. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned both. I, both those reactions to me is 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 an ex, ex, exhibits the problem that whether you're over the moon or whether you're in depression, that doesn't mean you shouldn't be satisfied. I don't. We're not. I'm not judging or criticizing emotions. That's that's part of being human. But it's this this kind of like the kingdom of God has come because our person's office or. Oh my gosh, all is lost. Revelation is happening. And I've seen a few of those uh, <laughs> yeah. because the Antichrist is in office. And I think both those give way too much credence. Um, like we talked about before, I think to, to sit there and tell somebody that's wrong or you're stupid or whatever, probably isn't going to do it. But just, I think, asking good questions, going back to history. Um, can you imagine what people felt like in World War II? Um, talk about a time you could think it's the end time. What about the bubonic plague? I mean, think about all the all the times in history that that felt like the end or the wrong person was in power. Uh, think of how the Israelites felt when they got exiled to Babylon. Um, and so, so many examples through history of where where the the power of the world it came and went, and yet the word of God, the kingdom of God, moved forward through that and beyond that. Um, to me, but often that's going to be through discussion, through questions, not through lecturing and beating over the head. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly what I was thinking along those terms, Jim. When when we encounter individuals who have those reactions, 
it's so important to ask questions to find out why they have mm-hmm. those reactions. Because in truth, maybe some of what they're celebrating is worth celebrating. So you can celebrate right. with them. Maybe in truth, what they're grieving um, is worth grieving over. And mm-hmm. it's not necessarily attached to power. So I think, you know, really asking good questions, understanding why they have the opinion or the reaction that they do, which will definitely inform us or you as we you have those conversations, um, whether or not it is attached to power and then going to go into those other other responses. That's a, that's a good word, Sonia, because I think the uh, the temptation is to spiritualize it and then talk down on it. Well, God is in control. That isn't going to cut water. Somebody's feeling extremely mm-hmm. anxious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a good word is to listen, learn. Yeah, that's good. Hold on. I'm taking notes, Jim. So you said to not call the other person stupid. Okay. I need to write that down. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's your MO, John, but that's all right. I know that's hard, John. Don't call me stupid, John, please. I, I couldn't take it. It's just my tendency in my brain is to believe most people are stupid, which sounds incredibly <laughs> elitist, but I also think I'm stupid. So in that way, it's less elitist. Then you're, you're incarnational if you believe yeah, you're stupid. Exactly. You can reach stupid people. Oh, man. <laughs> Um, so I have another practical question. So kind of along those lines, like what do you do when someone else, but what if it's yourself and you're passionate about something you believe is the kingdom and the temptation is to take it by force? Like how do we shift our own souls into a position of uh, self-giving love over the issues that we see around us that um, we would really like to take by force <laughs> as opposed to right. taking the Jesus way? That's a good I question. Think we have great. That's a fantastic question. I think we have great examples in scripture of how circumstances and situations were taken by force. I go all the way back to the Old Testament in Chronicles, um, where there was a group of people who were going to be attacked. And the instruction that the Lord sent was to worship and praise. And as they lifted up their praise, then it was the praise that confused the enemy. Um, And Mm -hmm. at the point that they got to this pass where they were to be attacked, um, the enemies had confused themselves. And so they didn't even have to fight. And the word of the Lord was like, don't fight, just praise. And so I think that's one example. Another example is our power is really in prayer. Um, And so that's the force that we take it Um, Mm -hmm. back to what Tony Evans said. it's, It's what we can't see that we do that it increases our power. And as we go back to that source, I think it shapes us as well in how we respond, but we gotta be willing to do that and not just float on the wings of this energy and this passion that's our own, but to go back to what we've seen um, of the way of being a kingdom citizen. So it's, it's submitting that passion to the Lord because he may, I mean, other times in the Old Testament, he says, go out and fight. One time he said, march around the city seven times and blow a horn. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. There's not a formula to it, but it is the, the consistent thing is submitting to God. And when they didn't submit to God, they got, they got kicked. Because yeah. I think there are times that when we pray, God is going to say, okay, now go out and march. Go out and hold up a sign, uh, you know, let that out. So it's important that we do, that no one hear from us that we're saying by not taking power by our own hands means we don't act. There's absolutely mm-hmm. appropriate times that we do take stands, 
but it's it's that mindset and that posture that's going to make the difference. That's really cool. I got chills when you mentioned the worship piece. I am going to have to think on that a lot longer. Sonia, think. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> I think I think if it's something, this is just my my own belief or opinion. I think if it's something um, you're truly passionate about, um, you're going to give your time, your energy, your money, what have you to it, regardless of, you know, who's in control, who's in charge, the power dynamics of it. Um, I think, I think too often I see folks who want to complain one way or the other regarding issues but they're not involved, you know, they just want to get their way. And it might be because it might come from an empathetic place, but I wish like, if it was something you were truly passionate about, I I guess I would, I would challenge people and say like, but are you getting in the trenches? Are you going to see how else you can help, how you can get involved, how you can give, how you can support, like what else are you doing besides just shooting out a few Facebook posts or tweets, you know, I don't know. doesn't belong here, but the power of social media. No, gosh, Mm -hmm. no, no, we won't go there. That'll be a separate topic for another day, Mm but like you're right is, 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 uh, is investing ourselves. And that also is where humility comes in. You know, as you invest yourself, you submit yourself, submit that passion to the Lord and how he wants to use it. And, uh, um, and then see where see where it takes us. But yeah, we think somehow that that I guess you can't outsource this. And that I think is sometimes what we want to do with our politics. If I'm passionate about something, I'm going to outsource it to a politician who's going to fix it. And and that doesn't seem to be the way of the kingdom. The way of the kingdom is much more personal, much more um, self involved and self sacrificing. To go back to what Sarah said, that self giving love. Um, that's the way of the kingdom, and you can't outsource that to a politician mm-hmm. or to a to a movement or to a Facebook post. See, that's exactly what I was trying to say. I'm just not smart like Jim, <laughs> and so Jim, I just need you to speak for me at all times. Give it a few <laughs> decades, you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, it was that it was that 61st birthday that did it. <laughs> that allowed you to just be able to communicate that. Thank you for trying for for communicating what I was trying to communicate. <laughs> that really is true so often we want to try to get power so that we can affect change instead of like using our own lives and doing what we can taking that passion into our own life instead of taking it you know onto Facebook or into our politics or whatever those aren't bad places but if it's absent of being effective in our own daily life it's not it's not doing anything Hmm. I've got a friend I we may I know we're probably getting close to wrap up here, but I'll just tell this story. I don't think she'd mind me telling it because it's she's public about it. But there's uh for those who are listening from outside of Georgia, you may not know some interesting history about Georgia, but um evidently in the uh in some of the negotiations that went on related to the change of the Georgia flag some years ago, it was determined that the Confederate flag would fly at Stone Mountain. Um and I don't know the details, so I I shouldn't say too much about all the rules around, but anyhow, so for a long time, the Confederate flag, along with some other flags. Thankfully, it does fly lower than the U.S. flag, but it flies over at Stone Mountain. And um, 
yeah, we could spend a whole time just talking about that in itself. But my point here is there's there's a, a friend of mine who's passionate that that should not be that way. And she has written and she's posted stuff. But the fact is she goes out every Saturday morning and stands with the sign at the base of Stone Mountain, just expressing her view that it's time for that flag to be put in a museum. And to me, that's just, I, I love that picture of just that persistent, putting herself out there, not being violent, not just sitting back behind a computer screen to try to do it, but willing to put herself out there um, with her kids and, uh, and try to make change. And I think over time, as more awareness comes, and then she's also involved with the groups that are trying to find political solutions to try to get at it. So it's it's a multifaceted thing. But the bottom line is, it, it isn't like, well, let's get the right governor, and he or she will take care of it. But let's do what we can now with the, the power that we do have with what God's given us to try mm -hmm. to influence change. And I'm I am mm, yeah I believe that hopefully within the coming months that we will see that change. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I think that's just an example of something that people can do if they don't feel like they have power. You do have power. Mm -hmm. um, we just have this picture that power only comes from the top, from the people who are who are elected, the people who have who can write with the stroke of a pen. But that's mm -hmm. not really where the power lies. That's really good. Well, um, you guys have anything else you'd like to share on this topic? Is everyone, um, everyone good? Good. We're all good. To quote Kanye West, no one man should have all that power. Well, I'm, I'm glad we've got a good authoritative quote to finish this uh, my, 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 my podcast. My yeah. millennial listeners will be, oh, will be gone. Oh, yeah. I'm glad it's audio only because I saw some cringing going on here, but it's audio only so nobody sees it. Some eye rolling and some cringing. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks again for tuning in. Thank you again for listening to Thy Kingdom Pod. If you liked this show, please rate and review on whatever platform you're listening and tell a friend. To find out more about TMS Global, our ministries, and the ways that you can support them, you can go to our website at tmsglobal.org. That's tms-global.org. Also, you can go follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram at TMS Global, but spelled without the A. That's T-M-S-G-L-O-B-L. -L. Thanks, and we'll see you next episode.